It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's the podcast where we look into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Joining me today, coming back, is Lindsay Sharman from the Rogueways Podcast. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back again. Good evening to you. Yes. Oh, man, I'm, I'm just noticing you have like a very nice mic. <laughs> yeah, it's like extra fancy. And even then, sometimes things don't go well, so... Yeah, I'm still (laughs) stuck holding my mic and uh, hoping I don't crackle it. So, (laughs) well, see, I'm lucky I moved in with a a musician. So he has like tons of mics. He's like, oh, yeah, it's my old one. You can have it. And I'm like, this is a really nice, nice mic. But for for him, it's like almost nothing. So it's just the benefits of dating a musician. I'm a musician. And for some reason, this is my only mic. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess things are different for some people. (laughs) Well, I mostly plug everything directly and the only thing i use the mic for is like well i actually you know i've been using an ipad for most of my music recording so yeah wow you know you're good for everything they are yeah that's just talk about twilight zones of the mind yeah i mean that's just modified everyone's mental realities you know For real. Well, uh, my boyfriend's also an, an artist and he uses his iPad. He, he used to hate digital art, you know, and he was like, oh, and he had like a Wacom, I want to say, or wait, maybe some people listening will know what I'm talking about. It was like the pre iPad, like tablet sort of for drawing. And it was horrible. It was awful. But the iPad is like so smooth. Everything's perfect. It's like very user friendly. It has all these different capabilities and he loves it now. So he makes all this digital art and you know, he still does painting. He still does the other the the three D stuff. But um, iPads apparently can do anything. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just recently got into the. Um, I did the one week trial for the AI art. I was like, I I don't need this one. It's uh, it's too addictive. I was like, the one week trial was like, man, I'll just be playing with this forever, and I don't think I actually want to do that. But it was definitely fun for a week, and and the podcast art for this now comes from those little experiments, but. It, it was fun in that, there, I mean, it's AI, of course, but there is a fair amount of your own creativity, like to interface and, and you quickly start to see the limits as well. Like the AI is always going to give you this kind of thing. So it was that was kind of an interesting way of interfacing with the uh, machine, I guess, and seeing its limits and but at the same time, kind of working with it more than usual. Yeah, it'll be interesting as that grows to see how it adapts to us and we adapt to it. Yeah. And well, well, today we're looking at a much older kind of phone, a toy phone even, although it does seem <laughs> to have capabilities that my iPhone does not have. So we'll, we'll get into that. It's a long distance call. And if you don't mind, I'll just do a bit of the trivia for this episode. Yes. Let's see. The original air date here was March 31st, 1961. The script was credited to Charles Beaumont and Bill Idelson. This was a bit of a point of contention, though, as Maxwell Sanford had contributed an awfully similar spec script called Party Line, 
legal actions were taken, and some syndicated versions of this episode actually do change the credit to Sanford. James Sheldon directed, and he had experience on half of the iconic shows of the 60s and 70s, including The Love Boat, MASH, and The Man from UNCLE. He's listed fourth in the credits, but pop culture gives this episode to Bill Mummy in the role of Billy Bales. He was a child actor extraordinaire at the time, appearing in season three's It's a Good Life, multiple episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and three seasons of Lost in Space as Danger, Will Robinson. Danger is in um, parentheses just for the, the punctuation freaks. Um, <laughs> fortunately, it seems he grew up fine and later has genre roles on Babylon 5, Deep Space Nine, and returning to that good life in the Twilight Zone for the early 2000s iteration. Daddy Chris Bales was played by Philip Abbott. He's best known as Arthur Ward on the 60s series The FBI, though he will be back in the zone for The Parallel in season four. Patricia Smith is our mommy, Sylvia Bales. She had a host of guest star roles before snagging a recurring one in the first season of The Bob Newhart Show. And um, as I'm an ardent Trekkie, I have to note that she'd later appear in the Star Trek Next Generation episode, Unnatural Selection. Finally, our granny is played by Lily Darvis. While she had a long stage and screen career, her biggest accolades would actually happen a full decade after this show. She was nominated for a Tony in 1971's Les Blanc and won a special award at the Cannes Film Festival for the movie Love that same year. She's only 58 in this episode. She's not like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like looking at her and I'm like, why is she dying? She doesn't even have wrinkles. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that is the thing where I guess people, you know, they say people used to look older. Um a big part of that just being like if you like if you took her in this episode simply changed her hairstyle and gave her a less frumpy dress she would probably look more like someone in their late 50s now it's you yeah know, true <laughs> a, probably a little bit of other stuff as well but that that's a biggie in there so Lindsay, yeah, just different I'm, styles i am going to throw on the prologue for you if you wouldn't mind giving us that there it is yes. Ah, as must be obvious, this is a house hovered over by Mr. Death, an omnipresent player to the third and final act of every life. And it's been said, and probably rightfully so, that what follows this life is one of the unfathomable mysteries, an area of darkness which we, the living, reserve for the dead, or so it is said. For in a moment, a child will try to cross that bridge which separates light and shadow, and of course, he must take the only known route— that indistinct highway through the region we call the Twilight Zone. All right. Three acts to life. That seems rather arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> young, not young, and dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, or dying, I guess. A dead, dying. dead would be the final <laughs> curtain in that case. I, I've heard the, uh, the concept of uh, basically seven-year cycles to people's lives, which looking back seems about right, you know, roughly. Um, I, I think that's I, I don't know where that concept comes from it comes from somewhere but uh, yeah to me I'm like that makes more sense Shakespeare he has five act plays right so yeah I just thought yeah calling a life in three acts maybe maybe that's the uh, the sphinx riddle you know where yeah or that 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 walking what is it you come in what comes in on four legs something two yes, and then three two. I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah that, 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 it's those three. Oh no Norton I don't want to 
reboot my computer right now. Okay. Uh, are you sure? Because <laughs> right now is a really great time. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, remind me as far later as possible when I'm doing an air podcast or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never. It's never actually when you would like it to be. Yeah, I don't know the. Um, I always just think of my lives and my life in decades. You know, like zero to ten is like kind of all one little chunk, and then ten to twenty and twenties. Like each each decade seems like its own flavor to me. So, how many acts maybe is how many decades do you end up living? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, just for me, I, I the, the seven year thing I thought was uh, I think that even might tie in with like uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I wish I knew the it's, source. I just like the idea and looking back at my life, I'm like, hey, seven years actually makes a lot more sense than ten years. <laughs> It is. It's the um. The, well, there's one of the planets, and I want to say it's Venus, but I, that might actually be five. But one of them has a seven-year, um, you know, cycle around the sun, and so I think that's part of it. But really, physically, it's our all of our cells regenerate within a seven-year period. So that might be part of it too, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah that's great. Astrology and, and science. You can choose. And <laughs> and and there's some neuroscience too, but it's just the first seven years. But I mean, maybe there's something to it that that recycles every seven years. I don't know, but I know your first seven years of life, you're in a more of the um, and I forget which if it's like alpha or beta or theta, or you know what it is. But um, one of your brain state is closer to uh, I want to say like almost like being in a trance. Yeah, I think. And then after seven. Is- deep sleep delta is maybe dream time and alpha is waking time i think so i think you don't really have like stable alpha uh signatures until after seven it's around seven is when it switches which is also when you tend to have lost your baby teeth so we do have sort of a basis of seven at the earliest part of our life perhaps yeah plus another seven you're hitting adolescence uh plus another seven that's when your brain is kind of stopping so uh yeah of course, Billy in this episode is is five, so he is he's in the first act, no matter what way you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, and um, he's not creepy at all until later. He just he seems pretty cool and and normal at the beginning, and and that well, changes at some well, point. That, <laughs> that that gets weaponized uh, in his episode next season, which is probably the better known of the two he's in uh, with its good life. But uh, yeah, where he's full on creepy, but. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get lost yeah. in space where he's you know supposed to be charming for three seasons so <laughs> he gets he gets his redemption i was i was thinking are there any other like you know child actors from the 60s that really had that much of a, a footprint I, I can't think of one off the top of my head so was was ron howard in the 60s or was that a different decade uh, uh he's he was on yeah he was he was a on the Andy Griffith show in the, the 60s? 60s, but I feel like he's oh, okay. better known for Happy Days in the 70s, and of course, then he's got his directing yeah. career. So yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just yeah, kind of like I, I guess I'm looking like... at the Haley Joel Osment sort of space, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's the the real like, star. Yeah, like like Haley Joel Osment, he he kind of tapered off after being a kid, but occasionally shows up in things. I guess to let you know he's not you know dead or rotting in a apartment somewhere (laughs) it's so weird sometimes because sometimes kids are so cute i'm going to be really judgmental and rude here sometimes they're great and you love them and then they grow up and you see them and you're like oh god like (laughs) what happened to you and this really with every single kid in uh stranger things i was just like oh my god every single one of you turned out like horrifying looking like like i think they chose them because they kind of looked like not they're not your like standard 
you know, cute or or a handsome child or whatever. But then, you know, those quirks and oddities sort of in their features just like got exacerbated as they grew up. And man, I just can't watch Stranger Things after the first season or so because they started to look too weird. I'm like, I don't know. Nope, I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> I, I maybe I I I think I stopped in the middle of the first season. It just didn't grab me completely. But I do want to totally. see some of the season three because they they filmed it a bunch of it like in the mall I used to hang out in at that oh, age. Wow. So I'm like really? kind of yeah, yeah. That that is my mall. I think they recreated an arcade or something for it. And I'm like, I played in the real arcade. Wow. That's <laughs> so, actually so cool. You get to like relive some of that. Well, I'm from Atlanta. They film everything in Atlanta now. I was um wow. an, I was looking at Cobra Kai and and they're running out of a theater. I'm like, man, that looks a whole lot like the theater I used to go to in high school. But they filmed this in L.A. And it was like, no, with season two, they started filming in Atlanta. I'm like, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so that is funny. Um, the TV show. Atlanta was, yeah, that's exactly why <laughs> uh, the TV show Atlanta was was fun because um, they were showing like you know, like kind of the seedier parts of town, but I've been to a lot of them. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's also where I used to hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, usually they just show the, you know, the big name places, right? Not like the weird back lots of town, so to say. Now, right, yeah. Grandma is full on creepy in this episode, I, I guess. Well, at the it, beginning, I also didn't really feel like she was creepy i at the beginning i was actually kind of really disturbed by how much the the mom seemed to hate the grandma like i was like what's her problem like she's like really all she's doing is showing up to her grandson's birthday and like wanting to give him a gift and like hugging him and holding him and the mom just seems so annoyed that she even exists or that like they have a good relationship uh and I don't, you know, there's a moment where she like calls Billy away from opening his other presents to open her present. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a dick move, I guess. Like you can let it kind of be, you know, more in the flow. Like maybe she's being a little bit too attention whoring. But oh my God, I just did not. I was really uncomfortable with that. I was like, why are they treating her so badly? She's his grandma. Like let him have a good relationship with her. Um, but later... Not to spoil anything, but later she, the mom specifically says like their relationship was unnaturally close. And I was like, is it? Was that, I mean, did it seem unnaturally close to you before she said that? Is that, <laughs> um, is that how things were back then? Cause I was really close to my grandparents and I, that wouldn't have been weird for me to be excited to see them and sit on their lap and, you know, hang out with them. I had the impression she lives there as her health is failing. So maybe if it's a you know this much every day All can time. True. start to get a little grating. And then the second time I watched it because the actor uh Lily Darvish she she was Hungarian right so you know she's got kind of that that stereotypical you know quote unquote like vampire accent. One one of my first notes was oh I wonder if her husband was was Bella Lugosi you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was weird because i'm like well they clearly don't have an accent but she does so yes yeah, <laughs> okay, sunny sunny should have one right so <laughs> yeah um i mean yeah, I, I and had then... go, go ahead. ahead well she's she's then like clearly sick you know you can tell that from the beginning as well and so i was also like well let him have you know connection with her she's gonna die soon seemingly so you know let it go but but there was that annoyance and then when she was saying well i won't be here forever uh, Billy and 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 the dad was like oh no no you'll be here forever and I couldn't tell if it was like he's just saying that for him because it's his mom and he's like no I'm not I'm not going to accept that 
Or if he's like, let's hide death from Billy, which later becomes obvious they were trying to hide death from Billy, which again, was that just more something people did at that time? Because before that time, we didn't hide death at all. Now we still pretty much kind of push death under there. We're like, nope, no one dies. Don't look at the body. Don't have a wake. Just, you know, cremate and jump it somewhere or whatever. We, we also have a very strange relationship with death now. So maybe it was already sort of getting to that stage at this point in this, you know, our culture collectively that that you don't talk to children about death and you hide death. And when, when grandparents die, you just say they went on a really long vacation and you'll never see them again, which I think is weirder. And you just feel <laughs> abandoned instead of, you know, understanding death. But they definitely, um, I, I couldn't tell for sure, like which it was. Why don't you want Billy to know that she's going to die? That's kind of like the, um, you know, the more intense version of, oh, you're the, the dog now lives in the country house or whatever, yeah. the farm, which honestly, I, I never heard that when I was a kid. I, I don't think I heard that explanation until I was like in my 20s told as a joke. But yeah. we did, my family, we did have like a rabbit when I was like five or six. And um, the dog next door scared it and gave it a heart attack. And my I, my parents were just like, oh, it, it just hopped away. <laughs> it's just gone now. So then we got a um a, another one, right? And And... There, there was a storm and they said they told me that one did just top away and I, I never heard anything different there but I think in that case maybe it I don't know or the dog scared it again so yeah it just keeps <laughs> happening well I grew up on a, a farm uh somewhat it was a pretty chaotic farm but we had a lot of animals and so I saw a lot of death it was never hidden from me it was just like yeah things die like I found my dog dead I accidentally killed my guinea pig um but when I and I thought I understood what death was. Uh, but, you know, that I didn't actually. Once I actually saw um, our dog's body being put in the ground, we had dug the hole for him and everything. And, and he was going in the ground and the dirt started going on top of him. Then I like lost it. I was like, what are you doing to him? <laughs> How is he going to get out of there? And they're like, no, like, that's what we've been trying to tell you. Like, this is what death is. And so it was really I from a pretty young age, it was definitely a part of my my life, but I see it all the time. Like a lot of people don't want their kids to know. They'll tell them they hopped away or they went to the farm or, you know, grandma's always going to be here. Don't worry about that. And it's interesting. The, the Sorry, the punchline to that whole story, though, is uh, 10 years later, when I was 15 or 16, it had been family friends that gave us the first rabbit. And then they um, actually moved to Europe for several years and came back and we're having dinner. And I'm 15 or 16 now. And uh, the mother of that family is asking my mom, oh, whatever happened to the rabbit we gave you? And she was like, oh, the the um, dog next door gave it a heart attack and it died. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? You never told me. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's how I learned about it. Just came up in casual conversation. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> you were betrayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty hysterical. Um, <laughs> I, I do live in a generational house now, so... Um, you know, I, that aspect of this did ring a little true. Although my, um, my wife's parents, they're, they're still pretty hardy and they go farm and stuff most days. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, but you know, that, uh, the previous generation, uh, I, I do remember one of the older ones kind of, you know, in this situation for a few years. So like living in the house and being, you know, like not in the best of health. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing about my child. My grandma lived with us for a long time while she was, you know, slowly sort of declining. So I also got to understand like aging and, you know, what can go with that. But um, I take it your uh, your parents or your parents-in-law aren't giving any 
trans-dimensional telephones to your child. <laughs> no, no, no. They they just helped uh, my daughter get kendo gear, right? <laughs> 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 Little different. <laughs> But, yeah, um, I feel like now when there's like anger or resentment between the parents and the and the grandparents of a child, it's more like, why do you spoil them so much? And why do you give them so much sugar? And can't you just like <laughs> have some boundaries here? Unlike this household in the show where they're like, there's genuine like animosity between the grandma and the mom. The mom's like, ah, unnatural. It's not right. And the grandma's like, oh, you because later she even says, my son was taken from me by a woman. I'm like, dang. Passive <laughs> <laughs> aggressive much. I wonder if she's kind of been in the caregiver role for an extended period of time. That might be part of it. Um, that would wear on you. There actually, there's this really, in the past few years in Japan, there's been all these just like disturbing stories. It's like 56-year-old man, like, you know, kills his parents or, you know, like, this guy's just had his like dead father in his apartment for like a year because we have a lot of this while healthcare is nice in some ways and that, you know, like you, everyone's covered basically like there's so many older people in Japan. There are people like falling through the cracks now and upper middle age people having to take care of like really elderly uh, relatives. And there's like, you know, there's a certain amount of neglect and totally just, disturbing things happen you know people pushing yeah. wheelchairs into um canals and stuff yeah well we don't have the setup anymore we don't have the society anymore where that could be easier perhaps to deal with you know like back in the day you only needed one person bringing in sort of some wages or or you lived on a farm and mostly one one or a couple of people like some children were helping with the the farm and so there was always someone who had more time and who could maybe take care of people a little bit more. And that's not how we're set up anymore. Everybody has to work. Everybody has a job or school or something. And so who can take care of anybody? Nobody can. So it's like way too much pressure um, to do that. God, I can't imagine how horrible. I mean, that's where I don't, I don't really mind living in a house with a lot of people. Um, yeah. Again, there is kind of the farm is like an escape valve, just if it does start to feel a little crowded. I don't I don't think we step on each other's toes much. Maybe maybe I'm the guy making everyone else angry. I don't know. But um from my <laughs> perspective <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. I also made me wonder, you know, because I feel like there's always some supposedly there's always this animosity between like the mother-in-law and the wife, you know, and it's always like and maybe that's what it is. Like my son was taken from me by a woman. Um <laughs> You know, there's always this feeling or something like you're not good enough for him or like he used to rely on me more and then you showed up and now he doesn't even care about me or something, you know, like a jealousy, which I don't really feel. But I do. I did have a relationship once where I did experience that. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, I'm not taking him from you. He's going to be your son forever. I'm just, you know, a person in his life. Also, we can both be in his mm -hmm. life, but maybe this is a really common, really traditional like thing that just occurs is the way the relationship tends to go it's just jealousy yeah but it's interestingly baked into this episode because it it doesn't have to be there i mean it, it would have worked the episode would have worked fine without that but i, I don't know I, I i think that's reasonable uh writing i guess um maybe it's more relatable <laughs> so so eventually papa does have to be very direct with billy about death and gives him a a, a talk uh how how did that one come across to you um i guess i guess it's interesting because he's like well do you even know what death is basically and billy was like yeah 
And I, I kind of feel like that's how kids are if we're just like honest with them. You know, they're like, yeah, I get it. Like, why would you, why would we need to hide this from him anyways? But that was also the moment where I think, didn't, isn't that when he sort of realized something was weird? Because wasn't he sort of hinting at that point that like maybe his grandma like told him or like he understood, you know, through the phone or something like I don't think he fully got what was going on yet but I feel like he started to understand like something might be kind of weird here with Billy how did how did Billy just take that so easily you know like yeah we're not quite sure we're not quite sure what grandma whispered to him which also a fun little plot device yeah (laughs) yeah I forgot about that actually what did she whisper or what did he wish for yeah 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 oh yeah they both whisper don't they so um let's look at trans-dimensional granny then and uh, I was just wondering what, what observations you had on our our phone situation well it's interesting to use the phone you know I don't know if you know this but there's a lot of folk- folklore might be the right word I don't know but uh urban myths maybe or legends too or just stories of people who say they receive phone calls from people who have died um and it's interesting because they also sort of share the same sort of qualities like they sound really distant and far away and like tinny and just kind of like it sounds like them but not like them uh and it's oftentimes people don't even really understand what they're saying but they like know it's them um and who knows like maybe people are just getting wrong numbers or like weird connections and they're just like projecting onto it because they want to talk to that person so bad um but billy seemed to understand very clearly everything that grandma was saying through the trans-dimensional telephone um and i kept thinking there's no kid in the world who would play with one toy so consistently and so frequently like that felt sort of like nefarious right this is where this is where i started getting like okay what is she actually doing to him with this phone (laughs) because uh that's not that's not natural and we get sort of also a little another creepy moment when he's just standing there silently like staring at the pond I think this is right after she died or something, maybe even before mm. we knew how much he was using the telephone that she had given him. Uh, he's just standing there silently and just staring like head down, like just very, the mom's like, what are you doing? He's like watching the fish. And you're like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he was doing. It felt pretty weird. Well, not to sound like an old fart, but kids these days do spend an awful lot of time with the phone. <laughs> true yeah <laughs> Just if you want to call it a toy then they're spending uh, about as much time with it as billy is god and hopefully it's not trans-dimensional and letting some weird stuff through from the other side <laughs> yeah 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 well who, who, like, who, who programmed knows? this phone who knows what's behind the the digital wall <laughs> for real yeah again that's where like kind of the ai the ai art i was talking about at the beginning was weirdly addictive and i had fun doing it was like i'm definitely not gonna pay to keep this because but it was kind of like you know like having some kind of consciousness from the other side this was a digital one i mean there's you know there's making music making art where you're also kind of communicating with something else but i guess it's you know more like organic right so but when you're doing the ai art there is a weird feel of i'm interfacing like mentally with something digital so yeah, the music and the art is kind of like, here's this blank canvas. What are you going to do with it? But that stuff you're talking about is more like this interaction. Yeah, like going back and forth. Something is being um, reciprocated. Right. Uh, which I, makes I, it a little bit creepy. 
I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've used any of these, but you'll, you know, maybe type a sentence of kind of what you want to see, choose the style to give you like four options, which one's closest you choose that and it'll keep refining it. And, you know, then you can go and use all the photo tools and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I've, it, I used mid journey, which is a little different. You don't get to choose styles or anything. I mean, unless you, unless a style is one of the words you use maybe then, but otherwise you just kind of put in whatever words and it pops out something based on those words the thing that creeped me out about that about mid journey which um it, like i said is a little bit different but it's basically the same you're popping in some sort of input and it's giving you back this this art uh is that all of the people that it rendered have red eyes and i don't understand why <laughs> I've, I've never said red eyes no one else is saying red eyes because mid journey too you can go in and see what everyone else is doing they have all these different uh it's on discord basically uh and so you can see other people's creations and they all have red eyes and the only ones that don't have red eyes are ones that are like real people like if you put bill clinton he might not have red eyes but if you just do like woman you know holding a baby like they'd have red eyes and, and maybe i'm wrong maybe it was just that day the ai was just using red eyes i don't know but every single thing I saw the few days I was looking was all the red-eyed stuff. And I was like, that's creeping me out. Like, I don't ever want to come back here again just because of that one detail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I was using a different one, a photo stream or something. Honestly, I've already forgot the name of it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was like not wanting to get people's faces in the image. One, because I'm like, who who is this? I, I think yeah. I've heard a few things about like... Um, uh, people actually like potential lawsuits of artists being like, hey, you're using my elements for this or something. So, you know, there, oh. there are pieces of the real world being used in it. But uh, like the podcast art I made for this podcast, the, the one, I wanted it to have the Rod Serling vibe and you're not going to get that with the AI. So it's like, oh, it needs to be businessman with his back turned. So that's that's what I got here. Um, as a joke, uh, so I there was a, a meme of um, the character Tuvok from from star trek voyager just pointing a finger and looking very um you know like don't mess with me right and people were making a meme out of it so i decided to describe it to the ai during the week i had it and what came <laughs> back was like clearly influenced but it was like a complete abomination and and, th and that's the one where it did have the um did have forward facing but i don't think he had red eyes so maybe maybe it was the particular program you were on maybe or maybe so yeah very now, creepy. both of us were, we had fun, I think, but we were also slightly creeped out by the, uh, by the interaction or just it's on the unknown, you know? So, um, Billy is totally into this. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a modicum. I mean, he's willing to kill himself because he likes his grandma and his toys so much. And you know, maybe because he's so young, he doesn't have that balance of experience. Like mom says, he's, barely been out of the house which was kind of a weird statement but <laughs> yeah that was kind of weird where's that dad that it said is... that yeah <laughs> yeah he hasn't done this he hasn't had a girlfriend he's always like whoa where are you gonna go with this guy we get it he's young <laughs> he hasn't lived a lot but um yeah i was like how it is it, it does make sense if you don't really understand death fully and you don't really understand life fully and you just want to see your grandma and you she's now influencing you more than anyone because you've been on this phone for 24 hours a day i mean he's even talking to it in the middle of the night which again this is when it gets like even creepier um but yeah go run in front of a car and like, okay i mean you know at the very least that that's gonna hurt even if you're a five-year-old kid <laughs> so he's willing to go through this pain 
just to satisfy her desire. And he says that she she misses him. She's lonely there. And then it just starts to make me wonder too, well, where is she? I mean, did she go to hell? Did she go to um what's the in-between place, supposedly? The I can't Twilight remember zone. what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The Twilight Zone. Uh and she's just I don't know, because I'm like, wherever you go, if you if we go somewhere after death, it would seem like there'd be other people there, other beings there, other people who had passed or angels or something, right? Or demons. I don't know. Something. But no, she's very lonely and she wants him to come there. But then if there's no one else there and he dies, who's to guarantee he would even come there anyway? Because you're all alone, right? Where's all the other people? <laughs> uh, but I guess that's not probably what they meant. They just meant she's lonely for people who she actually knows and loves. And she's just very selfish and wants him to die so that she can hang out with him again, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like she, let's assume she had some, a, a certain amount of dementia. I mean, and was being a, maybe Billy hadn't gotten out of the house much because mom was busy caregiving and that, you know, that would give her a bit of animosity on both sides, but it seems like she's still somewhat out of her mind on the on the other side yeah like she's not quite quite well and the dad said it really well later if you really loved him this much if you really loved him this much then why would you want him to die he's five years old (laughs) not love i've heard people talking people uh talking about between the uh you know between life experiences of uh, you know you you can go for that stuff or not but with your soul family and you know people souls meeting in the beyond and be like you killed me that's hysterical you know because nothing in life matters (laughs) once life is over (laughs) that's totally why would it matter so i guess it's weird that she continued her mindset into the great beyond so that that makes it more of i guess the twilight zone again um yeah 3 a.m that that's the when the shenanigans happen of course uh so of course Three eight three m's and I, I think I hear three thirty as being like the prime time for uh, lucid dreaming. So close to that. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the witching hour, right? Everybody, though. I always wonder too, is it just because everybody's gone into that? Everybody in your region, at least wherever you are in the world, has mostly gone into that that state, that level of consciousness, and so it's just like super heightened that you can more easily kind of get into other states. I don't know, um, but that. <laughs> You know, we were watching it. I was watching it with my my boyfriend and he he was like, that's a mother's instinct because she just wakes up and she just like all of a sudden is listening. And she's like, what is that? And I don't know. Maybe his laughter woke her up. But I imagine like he's laughed in the night before other things happened. But she just knew like something was wrong. And it's true. I swear to God, mothers always know. They always know. And they just wake up and they are right with it. So she did have that mother's intuition seemingly. And I do um, love that she hears the voice, but the audience yeah. does not. That 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 is a really nice, creepy touch. <laughs> that is creepy. Yeah, and she never tells him. I mean, maybe eventually they'll talk about this and we're not going to be there to see it. But it's she doesn't have time to tell him. Because as soon as she hears it and she starts like losing her mind, she starts understanding what's been happening this whole time. And he comes in and is like, oh my God, what's wrong? And he just like, Darth, Billy just darts out behind them. Like, he's, like, on it. <laughs> he's like, now's my chance. Uh, yep. We were kind of laughing because he jumps down, I guess, into that pond again. By the time they get down the stairs and find him, I mean, he's only gone out of the door, like, four seconds before they realize he's gone. And somehow he's dead already. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that is a quick drowning. <laughs> that I also thought that. I was like, did they just stand at the edge of the pond for, like, five minutes or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're hey. supposed to think that if your face touches water, you die. 
Like he's just like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, because the, the the new Avatar just came out, and what the 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 big press bump is? Uh, Kate Winslet held her breath for seven minutes. <laughs> what is that even possible? Uh, I did hear an explanation that it was not that they filmed her underwater for seven minutes. It's like when they were practicing the free diving. Um, you know, they're just like, how long can we do that? And so she's just literally has her face in water, not doing anything. Uh, Still, but they seven would yet it's a long time. They, yeah, they'd go for a uh, two, two and a half minute takes of them underwater for for the movie. Apparently, so I've so heard of I've heard of like two minutes. I thought four minutes was like an Olympic record type, like and going beyond that would be crazy. But maybe I don't understand. <laughs> maybe oh, do you seven. do you want to know the free diving record? Yes, twenty four minutes. No, I mean this is an expert what? free diver who. You know, well, I mean, you, again, you got Tibetan monks with wild skills, so you have someone that focuses that's true. that hard on free diving. That's, uh, I think it's in you know the Mediterranean or whatever. They have people that just can are serious about. It. They have to go quite deep to get their yield. So they really, twenty four minutes being obviously the like outlier extreme, but you know, right? Still, an experienced free diver, I guess, a ten minute dive is not out of the question so that makes so much sense i i lived in bahrain for a while and they would talk about these kids who would go dive down and collect water from the underwater uh springs this is the only way they could get fresh water actually there's no freshwater springs in bahrain they're all underwater off the coast of the island so these children would go down with containers and they'd get fresh water from the springs and bring it back up for people and i was just like how they swim down that low with this container and then wait till it gets filled up and then bring it back up. And that whole time they're not breathing. But I guess like you're saying, this is just something you can train yourself to do. That's insane. Yeah, man. That well, Billy, it... Billy could have used those skills because Billy was done in like five seconds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course he was five years old. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it's another, just like we're, well, I guess 2023 when this episode's airing, but we're looking at this resuscitation machine and I'm just like, man, that's the most steampunk looking thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I was very confused uh, as to what was going on, but I guess that was just a respiration. There's like pumping and we were joking. We're like, fill it with balloons. That'll bring him back. Like what's happening here? <laughs> um, it clearly wasn't working either. That wasn't the trick that brought him back. <laughs> No, no, that's got to be that's got to be putting forth that he doesn't know anything about wearing long pants yet. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, that is very interesting. There's this sort of almost universal idea that kids wear shorts and adults wear pants, um, <laughs> even though it's not always true. But they knew or I guess they just felt like maybe they had figured it out. But even the dad figured out and he didn't hear her talking on the phone and he didn't. As, as far as we know, he wasn't told by the wife that. You know, that's what was actually happening. But he still knew, too. They they said, like, she took him. She took him. You know, He's still knew. watching his kids get obs uh, obsessed and go mildly nuts. So, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Let's break it down into the, the regular questions that we do on this show, uh, which I feel like is a little more wide ranging this week. So we'll see where it takes us. Uh, the first being who exactly in this is going through the twilight zone i already called out grandma's like that's where she ended up but you don't have to agree with that but <laughs> yeah well definitely that makes sense but the but billy up at least makes a little visit there and then comes back uh hopefully it's not a pet cemetery sort of thing 
and he, <laughs> he can be somewhat <laughs> normal after this. Um, but I feel like the mom and the dad did in a way too, because uh, the mom hurt her. So she at least had that experience. Like her, her perception would have at least opened a bit to, to what is happening. They both then saw him die and come back. And the dad like does that whole pleading thing. He picks up the phone and he's just like, please give him back. He, you said he gave you life. You said you love him Then give him life and show him that love. So he's going into the twilight zone at least a little bit by doing that too. So I think they all kind of made a little visit. Yeah. I, I was thinking the parents are probably, maybe it's because I'm a dad, but I feel like mm -hmm. the parents are went deeper into the twilight zone than Billy, because there is a chance that when Billy is 30, he's, not going to have a firm memory of this but his parents will <laughs> very good point yeah because he also just the trauma of <laughs> nearly dying or maybe dying and coming back or whatever it actually happened to him um would possibly wipe out the surrounding memories anyway and even if he remembers like the phone and whatever he'd just be like i don't know i was just playing a game i was just talking on my toy right. phone but, yeah <laughs> the parents aren't gonna forget Especially, yeah, mom who heard the voice, which is definitely, uh, uh, although, like you said, people hearing, you know, might be hearing like static and just constructing that into the distant voices of their loved ones. So not that this although one had this, any static. Yeah. I was going to say, this one doesn't even plug in. It's just just the shape of a phone. It might have had like little jingly bells inside though, right? True. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, no, I, I, I'm not trying to, I, I, I totally dig the idea that she heard the voice properly. So could have been loud and clear because Billy wasn't like, speak up again. I can't quite hear you. He, he could hear her fine. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's just talking to her completely. So the second one being, um, do they deserve their trips into the twilight zone? Um, is, is the twilight zone bad? <laughs> so I'm like, is it a gift or a punishment or is it, um, you know, kind of neutral? That's and, that's and why kind of like that, what you make of it. That's why I do put the word deserve in that question. Yeah. <laughs> because all, like, all three of those, right? Because <laughs> I feel like for the grandma, it was a punishment. And then I'm like, well, I don't know if she deserved it. Because like, again, I just saw she really loves her grandson. She really loves her son. I don't know. She seems kind of passive aggressive towards the wife. Uh, so like maybe she's not perfect. But like, do you deserve punishment for any of that? I don't know. She doesn't seem that bad but it does seem like she's punished it seems like she's alone and she feels you know like she she needs to kill to have a a friend um so yeah i don't it seems like not a good experience for her and same with the mom when she hears her voice she doesn't seem to take that very well it seems like it's gonna break her her psyche a bit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know well that's the thing is i'm um, like i guess grandma's kind of a villain <laughs> you yeah, see a, you, you see a old, you know you see a elderly woman in poor health and you don't want to be like this person's kind of terrible but i mean she could be obsessed with her grandson and still be somewhat terrible and what she's doing is pretty terrible so it ends up being pretty terrible like you're you're literally committing murder i mean in the way only way you can as a disembodied voice <laughs> um, yeah exactly just by yeah, encouraging him to die. Uh, Billy definitely doesn't deserve any of it. Like, he just, he doesn't know anything. He's just a kid. Yeah. Like, go run in front of a car. No. So, definitely not Billy. Uh, and again, I'm very unclear on what the dad even 
feels about any of it or except that he really loves his son um right obviously yeah he gets along with his mom better but yeah in in a lot of twilight zones it's kind of like it's hard to make a judgment call because you just don't know what these people have done in the past you know we we, yeah and and I, i like that because you do have to be like well what do we get from this episode and how can we what can we extrapolate behind the uh to these people and the more i think about it, the more i'm like yeah grandma is kind of a villain here and uh she's billy's she's mom the only is possible villain yeah you know billy's mom is is probably a little less mentally i'm not gonna say stable but i mean she's probably been having like a rough couple of years in general so <laughs> i i yeah imagine... i think whatever animosity exists between mothers mother-in-laws and, and their daughter-in-laws has uh, got to be wearing her down, even if she wasn't like a caretaker and, um, you know, worn out by that sort of role. There's there's still tension there. It'll still be rough, especially when you feel like you're always being criticized just for loving your husband and being in his life, you know? Yeah, because I, I had canoned a little bit um, just where, you know, Billy's parents got married, had Billy in probably a year or two, and, you know, okay, live in the 50s life and about a year or two in maybe got saddled with grandma after a stroke or something. And and so, you know, the past few years, you know, dad's probably, because the we're just coming out of 50s, we'll just assume dad's going to the office and doing his nine to five. And mom's just like stuck in this situation where Billy can't get out of how she's caretaking. And yeah, she, I, I think she's pretty worn down and at the start. Well, she's clearly pretty worn down at the start of this episode. So yeah she's right from the beginning eye rolling and just like oh my god again like with this again uh so she's she's not she's at the end of her rope i guess yeah i I do feel bad for her i feel bad for the grandma too because again i don't know what made her this horribly insane because she says so remember too when she's dying and they say uh she lost maybe it's a different maybe it's after she's dead but at some point the dad says well she lost my two other brothers so she had two sons that died and then her remaining son incorrectly and rudely and whatever, you know, inappropriately, but still she feels like was taken from her by this woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, so that's, so at least we understand why she's so kind of fixated on Billy and, you know, deeply connected to him and seemingly okay ish ways until she's dead and kills him. I guess Again, this could be dementia, this could be selfishness, but uh, yeah, the fact, oh, I lost my son to this woman, well, here's another, here's my, you, as she calls Billy uh, his, her her son now, right? It's just like she's moved all of her obsessiveness over. Yeah, like full projection. Uh, and just a weird thing to say. You're like, well, now we know you're not quite well. Like, if any of the other things were acceptable, like, now we start to see, like, it's not actually acceptable, and the mom is kind of right when she says, like, you saw how close they were. It was unnatural. Yes, it was unnatural. <laughs> it's kind of possessive and, and very uh, psychologically unstable. Because if not just... for the unnatural relationship, you know, grandma might have died. And even if she was able to make that connection, it would probably be a little more benign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I kept thinking too. Like it's it's you know, there's people who have contact from beyond. You can be just a nice presence every once in a while that's comforting, or you know, you don't have to um, you don't have to make him dead to come be with you. You can just be with him in life. It would seem they got a they not. got a yeah, they got a party line to go back to the uh story that 
the dude said he wrote this first. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. took me a while to figure out what the party line was, but I, I finally worked it out. <laughs> yeah, I never actually did a party line, but I remember hearing about like, oh yeah, we can all talk together. And I think we did that, but I don't think we called it a party line. I don't remember what we called it. We called it this is back when call. phones plugged into the wall. Yeah, maybe it was just called a three-way call. I you just like it's... typed in some code and then dialed them and they could join in. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it was such in the vernacular when I was, you know, in junior high, and I've I've lost it. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> Speaking weird. Of forgetting things like Billy might forget some of this, but no, I just uh, the Kinks have a song in the '60s called "The Party Line," so it gets stuck in my head a lot, and I never thought about what what it meant. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about it. Um, on the tripometer, zero is not trippy. Five is very trippy. Where do you want to put this? I'm, I'm going to go 3.7. No, 4.3. 4.3. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Some pointillism there. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Some gray area here. I actually, it, yeah. is, it got creepier and creepier as the show, as the episode went. And it got more and more like, again, I got like almost Pet cemetery vibes eventually. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize she was so dark. I didn't realize she wanted to murder her grandson. And now, um, and now he's come back. So again, we don't know what happened after that, but I always get kind of like, I don't know, is it going to be bad now? Is he going to always be different? Is he never going to be quite the same? Who knows what's going to go on with little Billy? Are they going to tell the phone hopped away? <laughs> yeah, your phone hopped away. <laughs> yeah, I, I was also sitting here like, where, thinking, where exactly do I want to put it? I, I settled on 4.5 with the justification oh, wow. that the scene where mom hears the voice alone is one of the tri I think that's one of the trippiest moments I've come across so far in the Twilight Zone. So if yeah. anyone, anyone's wondering, like, what does Matt think is trippy for the tripometer? That moment is a is a case in point. So that one's pretty trippy. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is like just how happy and and like carefree Billy is while talking to her so clearly and so frequently on this phone that starts to really like get to me too i'm like okay dude this is actually is unnatural they are unnaturally close now for sure if they weren't before yeah because it like you said it sounds mom sounds a little too judgmental when she says it one minute into the episode but by Later. the end it's kind of <laughs> again i you know there might have been plenty of weird twilight zone vibes in the previous couple of years with you know billy and being a toddler or whatever so it, there might be a little more precedent than we know again that that's where um she's got like the you know the hungarian accent going and i'm like she's kind of a soul vampire i mean I, i'm yeah. sorry sorry to stick a hungarian accent on that but we you know that's blame bella lugosi again so <laughs> yeah the they second... had to do that on purpose they're like we need a really creepy seeming grandma even if she's loving at the beginning <laughs> right so the second time i watched it i definitely was like getting more of like She's kind of a vampire, you know, feeding off of uh, Billy's life energy. It's <laughs> really a good point. She is. Have you ever seen What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. It's kind of a British comedy humor about vampires, and it's it's kind of funny. But if you ever watch the TV show version, the movie is worth watching. Uh, if you like that kind of humor, you might like the TV show, too. It, it grows on you after a few episodes, because especially if you just watch the movie, it's like not quite as good at first so you have to get used to it but um it does it does become very very good but they have an energy vampire is what i'm getting at not just a blood-sucking vampire like someone who's just an energy vampire and it's so hilarious because we all know those people 
Uh, <laughs> and you're right. She was one of them. She's just like sucking the life force from this small child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, yeah we're just, now we're making her from villain to monster. Okay. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I She's guess both. she does deserve this punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe. and that's probably why she's not finding anyone on the other side like that is her punishment they're like no you sucked everyone's life in life so now you have to be completely alone you don't get to have access to other people's energy well yeah just over of course this podcast at first she was just grandma then she's a villain now she's a soul sucking energy vampire <laughs> it's true i literally i started this conversation like why are they so mean to grandma and i'm like man that lady's got issues she's you're right she deserved it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this particular episode? I just hope Billy can recover. And like you said, he he maybe won't remember any of it. And that's probably a good thing. That would be for the best. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. and mom and dad are going to be a little uh, shell-shocked from this point, at least for a bit, if not longer. I, w- I was thinking they're going to be closer than they ever have been. Maybe they'll even start sleeping in the same bed. You never <laughs> know. <laughs> when does that happen on TV? Late 60s? Brady Bunch? Is that when they finally get the same bed? I think it's Brady Bunch. I feel like... Oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> Not that far off. Yeah, yeah. So get, give them another <laughs> seven, eight years, I guess. <laughs> uh, it is 2023 now. I mean, not as we're talking, but as we're airing. And I guess I'm just asking, what's what's up for your 2023? I'm telling you what date it is. It's January 9th today for people listening on day of release so oh wow happy new year to everybody (laughs) i was told that this is going to be my year like like you know things are going to be amazing i'm going to make all this money i'm going to be famous or something which i'm always like do i even want that i don't know but money is cool (laughs) um so we'll see but then someone else told me i am a i am i'm a rooster in chinese astrology and next year is i want to say it's the cat it's a tiger year or cat year and that that's the enemy of the rooster so according to that person it's going to be my worst year (laughs) who knows we'll find out i'll let you guys know in 2024 i should know what (laughs) what animal it is next year because they've already you know they have to send new year's cards in in japan and they all i thought yeah so i've already seen the tiger year I've already seen a bunch of displays, so um, you've been seeing it. I but I haven't been like filing it in my memory, so <laughs> yeah. Because my wife I... was doing the New Year's cards a couple days ago, and I just I didn't register what you know. I, I guess I didn't look that closely. It's the year of the rabbit. I don't think the rabbit's the enemy of the rooster, is it? So uh-huh. it is. This year was the year of the tiger. So if that was true, this would have been my bad year. I had a great year. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then uh, that's a fair portent for uh for twenty twenty three. Then. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. <laughs> and um. Oh yeah. The the other part of that was uh to let people know where they can find your stuff on the online. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. If you want, if you want more rambling from me, you can go to rogueways.org. Uh, and that's all the stuff. All the stuff I do is there, and there's a lot of it. So my shows, the links to the shows, uh, books, shop, all kinds of stuff. You can meet with me one-on-one if you would like um, some spiritual support. I promise I won't send you to the other side prematurely like the grandma does to the little boy. So you'll be safe. <laughs> okay, that, that's a that's a good... Um, that's a guarantee. Good, that's a guarantee. I will not murder you. <laughs> I will not murder you. <laughs> Trust. As for this, is this Time Enough podcast or Time Enough pod on Twitter, maybe, and uh, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> um, we're under the Patreon umbrella of 
podcastio podcastius where you can support us and keep the lights on or just use that as a hub to find all the podcasts that we do out here matt and luke's sci-fi sanctuary where we talk about sci-fi movies uh there's a bunch of video games with luke loves pokemon you can guess what that's about monster mash is about monster hunter and there's the game game show which is four british guys hurling insults at each other and um <laughs> i've just started putting out a series uh it, it was from an old podcast but i finally made it its new podcast which is a caught disney where we go through all of the disney animated films looking for the bizarre history and real magic you know behind the mouse all those hidden mickeys <laughs> yeah that stuff gets crazy <laughs> okay so as always thanks for jumping in and we should listen closely and see if we hear any disembodied voices yes kiss some evps on here oh, thanks for having me matt it's always fun <laughs> there that's a you'll much totally, nicer ghost you'll totally have the best year ever <laughs>